الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي دوشي بالله respected brothers elders mothers and sisters listening at home inshallah ta'ala in tonight's session of dars hadith i wish to speak on the family members of hazrat abu bakr siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an alhamdulillah we have covered the iman of hazrat abu bakr siddiq the iman of the mother of hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and the father the other family members <coughs> and some of the financial support in the beginning that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq had given to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam inshallah tonight's session we dedicate to the wives and to the children of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an when we talk about the wives of sahabai kiram ajma'in it is very important to understand that we are not talking about something in the year 2005 in the year 2005 we the muslims our thinking is very very different as compared to the real true spirit of islam which was visible with the companions sahabai kiram ajma'in in the 7th century 1400 years ago the arabs initially were pagans polytheists mushrikeen whatever name you want to give them and they had a lot of bad and ill habits inside them but the minute nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to them everything was pure and clean it was about following rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam we are so weak today that the fuqaha have had to derive masail out of every hadith and the verses of the quran we look into something being farz something being farzi kifaya something that is wajib something that is sunan sunan muakkada ghair muakkada then we go into mustahabbat then we go into karahiyat then it is makruh tahrimi makruh tanzihi these are the terminologies that the fuqaha have had to derive due to the fact that we as muslims are very very weak but in the time of sahaba ikram ajma'in there was no such thing as sunnat muakkada there was no such thing as sunnat ghair muakkada there was no such thing as something being wajib 
for them everything was to follow Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and for them everything was wajib and in the category of false. Whatever Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam did, sami'na wa ata'na. We listen and we obey. We listen and we obey. That is very, very important. That is why Dil ke kaan se Listen with the ear of the heart. Dil ke kaan se And I use this term intentionally. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Lahum biha. There are some people, they have hearts, but hearts that don't understand. biha, And that they have eyes, but eyes that cannot see. And they have ears, but ears that cannot hear. Hear the truth. Haq. Allah says they are like beasts, animals. Even worse. Why? They suffer. They are all ghafil. Heedless people. They listen, but they don't listen with their hearts. They don't want to take in haq. Uh, the ruh is so weak that they can't understand what is haq and what is batil. In the time of Sahaba Ikiram Ajma'in, everything was very, very different, my respected brothers. These were mukhlisin people. These were the people who dearly loved Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Come what may, dunya would say to them, family members would say to them, as long as Allah and His Messenger is happy, that is sufficient for them. Subhanallah. And one of the great striking features of the companions is that in the country we live in, we have ladies who are single, single parent ladies uh, who are supported by the government. Alhamdulillah, nothing wrong with that. But in the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the teachings of Rasulullah was very much different. Before the coming of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, if a lady was divorced, they would not even want to look at her, whether she was 16, 17, 18, 19. In fact, in the time of Jahiliya, there were different areas uh, outside from the main city, in the suburbs, where ladies would be living, only ladies. And only those ladies would reside there who are divorced or widows. Nobody would come to even see them, greet them. Family members would cut off from them totally. And Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam came and he changed the entire system straight away. And it was well adopted by the companions. Sahabai Kiram Ajmain. This is why we have a sickness in our community today that is delay in nikah. Delay in nikah. When you delay in nikah, this is where the branch of homosexuality, gays and lesbians, this is where they come from. This is delay in nikah. And this is where it comes from. This is one shah when you look at it. Subhanallah al-Azim. And Sahabai Kiram Ajmain, they were the students of Rasulullah. Let me just quote 
what Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala an had said. He said, if I was to die in 10 days, if the physician told me that you are so ill, that you've only got 10 days to live, and I am in that state that I am not married, I'm a single person, and I know that I only have 10 days to live, then in the 10 days I will make nikah. This is how important nikah is in Islam. Min sunanil mursaleen. Today the thinking of our women is very, very different. Why? Because we the Muslims come from the subcontinent and we are affected by the Hindu culture that is still inside us when the different uh, festivals and occasions take place, nikah especially, a lot of things that take place, it is, got, it is anti-Islam, it has got nothing to do with Islam. Now he's got 10 days to live, and Abdullah ibn Masood is saying, I'd rather meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the condition of nikah. Let me put one question forward to the brothers that are here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam, yes? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a beautiful residence in Jannah. Nothing is more beautiful than Jannah. And even while in Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created for Adam alayhi salatu wasalam by his power, kun fayakun from the rib of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam, the wife of Adam alayhi salam, Hazrate Hawa. If Allah wanted, Allah would have given Adam alayhi salam a mother and a father. What would stop Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When Allah says in the Quran and Allah explains to us uh, the status of mother and father, but yet in Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Adam alayhi salam, created for him a spouse, a partner, a wife. This is how natural it is to get married. And there should be no delay in nikah. Hazrat Mu'adh ibn al-Jabal radiallahu ta'ala and two of his wives passed away at the same time. There was an epidemic in one area, ta'un, plague, and both of the wives passed away. And Hazrat Mu'adh radiallahu ta'ala and straight away uh, the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was looking for the right partner. It is said that Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een there, the most striking feature of the companions was that whenever they would find out that there is a lady who is divorced, or there is a lady who is a widow, or someone, there is a lady for some reason she is not married, then without delay the companions would go and send their khitab proposal to the women straight away and this was the teachings of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they are most unique examples of it throughout the ahadith we talk about uh, one particular lady Hazrat Atika radiallahu ta'ala anha and she was married to the son of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Abdullah Hazrat Abdullah was a very handsome man, son of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. 
he married Hazrat Atika and both of them were the best of couples uh, inshallah ta'ala i will discuss how the shahadat how Hazrat Abdullah ibn Abu Bakr passed away but to cut it short Hazrat Abdullah when he passed away who came for the nikah with Hazrat Atika Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab found out that Atika is the widow of Hazrat Abdullah radiyallahu ta'ala an Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala an sent someone to ask Atika that Umar Farooq wishes to marry you and Hazrat Atika she says that oh I had promised my husband that if he wants to die before me then my promise is that I will not marry anyone and for that he even gave me a garden a, a, a hadith that means it's a garden uh, as a gift so how can I marry you O Umar though you are an incredible person and she loved him so much that when he passed away she said that oh Abdullah and, and these were ladies who would fluently uh, read and speak out poetry in the language so in poetry she says that oh remember the soul of Abdullah bin Ibn Abu Bakr that your wife Atika will never marry and that the sun and the night will never see any form of beauty on Atika for your death is a great tragedy for me and Hazrat Umar Farooq went to her and she said that no it is impossible for me so Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and said that Atika if you don't wish to marry me it is fine but certainly some of the conditions that have that you have put forward it is better if you go and ask someone if it is jayz or not jayz and she went to Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an and she asked Hazrat Ali that these, these are the conditions my husband has passed away Hazrat Ali says no you should marry Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala why? In, in the times that we live in we see that the ladies who are single we are opening the door of zina zina I personally know uh, and I'm not mentioning any names I personally some of the Muslim women who have got najais ta'alluq with non-Muslims ek to koi sikh musliman aurat ke saath ta'alluq Allahu Akbar and one of the signs of Qiyamah is Talaq little argument Talaq, little argument Talaq, little argument Talaq there is no power when, when you make Nikah you say Bhai, tumne kabool kiya and he is happy Ji haan, mainne kabool kiya mainne kabool kiya Mushtaq, you listening to me mainne kabool kiya Mushtaq is listening to me Alhamdulillah so mainne kabool kiya this is something that you have to honor only in dire circumstances dire circumstances Tufi Shariat has even given us a leeway that uh, for some reason if it is there is no compatibility and one's deen and dunya is completely different then okay and that is even after consulting some of the scholars so that at least they can give you the right mashwira so Hazrat Ali is giving mashwira with khulus <coughs> and Hazrat Umar Farooq marries who? 
حضرت نام بولے نا آتیکا پھر پوچھتے مولوی صاحب کوئی اچھا نام ہے بچی ہوئی ہے گھر پہ سنے صحابیات کے نام حضرت آتیکا تھکے تو نہیں نا حضرت آتیکا اللہ کی شان حضرت عمر فاروق آلسو واز میڈ شہید حضرت عبداللہ واز میڈ شہید ناؤ ان نکاف حضرت آتیکا ہو از میڈ شہید حضرت عمر فاروق وان گوئنگ ٹو ڈیٹیل When Hazrat Umar Farooq was made shaheed, what happened? Subhanallah, how mukhlis were the companions? Hazrat Zubair bin Awam proposes now to Hazrat Atika. Remember we talked about Hazrat Zubair bin Awam being the great mujahid, very powerful when he said that it is not the sword, it is the hand that has got the power. Do you remember that? But who knows? Hazrat Zubair bin Awam got married to Hazrat Atika. Allah ki shan that Hazrat Zubair also got shaheed. So how many people got shaheed in the nikah of Hazrat Atika? Three. Hazrat Abdullah, Hazrat Omar, or Hazrat Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala. Subhanallah. Now, even after three shahadat, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala and proposes to Hazrat Atika. How simple. For them it was not a question of what will people think and what will uh, the other folks say. Amin kya kahega, fala admi kya kahega, fala admi kya kahega. It was not that. It was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when Hazrat Ali, it was the time of Khilafat and Hazrat Ali says, I wish to marry you. Hazrat Atika must be that great privileged, privileged lady. So Hazrat Atika smiled at Hazrat Ali. And she was in Parda fully. And she said that the women folks are here and I have done mashwira. Oh Ali, Amirul Mu'mineen, I don't wish for you to become shaheed. I don't wish for you to become shaheed. She says because all my husbands who have made nikah with me have become shaheed. And you are very, very important for Islam. So I fear if you make nikah with me, you might even become shaheed. So Hazrat Atika says that you should not marry me. And Hazrat Ali smiled and he went away. But these are just some of the examples. Look at Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala's life. First wife was Patila bint Abdul Uzza. Patila bint Abdul Uzza. There is ikhtilaf. A lot of the scholars say that Patila did not embrace Islam. In fact, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an had given her divorce talaq in the time of Jahiliyyah. In the time of Jahiliyyah, before Nabuwat. And she is the mother of two of the children of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Asma radiallahu ta'ala an, and Hazrat Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala an. The second wife, the most famous wife of Siddiq Akbar radiallahu ta'ala is Hazrat Umm Roman bint Amir radiallahu ta'ala Umm Roman, she was an incredible lady. Uh, Muslim historians say that she was very much like her husband. Insan ka bara asar hota hai. Who you stay with, that is how you become. She benefited from the companionship of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. She was also the wife, but she benefited. It is said that she benefited so greatly 
that her namaz and Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala's namaz was completely the same. She would say that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, my husband, taught me how to do ruku' and how to do sujood. And I would read salah and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq would look at me and go around me and after my salah he would say, I think your ruku should be like this, I think your ruku should be like that. More concentration until the level of concentration was so high. The ulama said that she was very much like Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. She is also famous because she is the mother of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and Hazrat Abdul Rahman radiallahu ta'ala anha. Hazrat Umar Roman is also one from the three who has this status, holds this great honor that Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam only entered into the graves of three females, three ladies and this maqam status is given to none other for Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam for him to enter into the grave and for him to make dua of maqfirat and rahmat in the grave it is an honor at the highest level and one of them is the wife of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Hazrat Ummi Roman and in relation she is also the mother-in-law to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when they were putting her body, lowering it down into the, the grave Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam looked at the janazah of Hazrat Ummi Roman and said to the companions any one of you wish to see the ahur from Jannah in this dunya then look at Umm Roman, the wife of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Subhanallah. What a lady she must be. What honor. Subhanallah. What taqwa. And the other ladies were Hazrat Khadija al Kubra and the wife of Abu Talib, Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. These were the only three ladies. If you look at the books of Tariq, only three ladies who have this honor that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam made dua for them. So this honor was given to Hazrat Umm Roman bint Amir and she is the mother of Hazrat Aisha and Hazrat Abdul Rahman. Then we come to Hazrat Asma bint Umais radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Asma bint Umais, she was married to Hazrat Ja'far bin Abi Talib radiallahu ta'ala and the brother of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Asma and Hazrat Jafar were the first people to migrate to Abyssinia and Hazrat Jafar was a great orator that is why when he came to Ethiopia and the Christians were there and he spoke to them and he read some of the verses of Surah Maryam and said this is the teaching of the Quran and this is what our Prophet has taught us the king gave refuge to the Muslims and honored the Muslims and this was due to the powerful speech of Hazrat Ja'far he stayed in Africa for a long period of time and only uh, after uh, many years he returned back to uh, Madinatul Munawwara and Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave Basharat of Hazrat Ja'far in the Battle of Muta when Zaid bin Harisa was made shaheed, then the banner of Islam came to Hazrat Ja'far radiallahu ta'ala an. When it came to the Hazrat Ja'far, the kuffar were close to him and 
they actually striked him with their sword and the right arm was cut off completely. So then he was holding the, the banner of Islam with his left hand and then they cut off the left hand also completely. And then what he did is that he sort of coiled up and embraced and hugged the banner but did not let it fall until Shahadat came to him. So Hazrat Ja'far radiallahu ta'ala an was married to Hazrat Asma bint Umais radiallahu ta'ala an after the shahadat of Hazrat Ja'far radiallahu ta'ala an Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an married Hazrat Asma bint Umais radiallahu ta'ala an and from Hazrat Asma bint Umais Hazrat Muhammad bin Abu Bakr was born. So one of the names of uh, the sons of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is also Muhammad. Here we see a single name which is just Muhammad. Some of the people say that, oh no, it is no respect that you just call your child uh, with one name as it being Muhammad. It should be Muhammad Yusuf or Muhammad Abdullah or Muhammad something. And if you give him two names, usually what happens is never known by that first name Muhammad. So it is jai's for a child or for a boy to have this one single name which is Muhammad. We see that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala son, his name was Muhammad bin Abu Bakr. And then finally the fourth wife of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was Habiba bin Tikharija. She was again someone very special to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. She was a Madani. She was the Ansari lady who married Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala the rest were all from Mecca Muhajireen and she was the Ansari uh, Sahabiyat she married Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq if you remember on the very last day when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was not there Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam was much better Rasulullah gave him permission to go to Maqam al-Sana where it is the suburb of Madinatul Munawwara where Hazrat Habiba was living for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq to go and visit her and then news was given to him whilst he was in Sana so he was at the house of Hazrat Habiba bint Kharija and from Hazrat Habiba bint Kharija radiallahu ta'ala anha the daughter that was born Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq named her Hazrat Ummah Kulsum radiallahu ta'ala so these are the wives of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala all of them embraced Islam with the exception of Qatla or Qatila and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is the only Sahabi who has this honor that all four generations of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq are all Muslims embraced Islam and are Sahabiya Sahabi this honor is not given to anyone else very quickly inshallah ta'ala we will address uh, the children of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala here we have Hazrat Abdul Rahman son of Hazrat Ummah Rahman Hazrat Abdul Rahman uh, he is the only son who embraced Islam very late in his life very late in fact it, it, it was after Sulih Hudaybiyah that is why he, he, was, he would even fight against the Muslims for the Quraysh. The Quraysh needed Hazrat Abdul Rahman because Hazrat Abdul Rahman 
was a very strong soldier for the Quraysh. It is said that every time the Quraysh went to fight with any community, anyone outside of Arabia, Hazrat Abdul Rahman would be there in the front saf. Very powerful man, very strong. That is why the famous conversation between son and father, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and Hazrat Abdul Rahman, once when they met, he was obviously, the father was old and the son was very strong. So he said to Hazrat Abu Bakr, Siddiq that I was in the front of you didn't see me but I saw you uh, the son has this fatherly love and so I spared you oh my dear father I spared you oh my dear father Abu Bakr Siddiq was Jalali he stood up and he said you spared me you spared me Wallah in the name of Allah if Abu Bakr Siddiq had seen you Abu Bakr Siddiq would have displayed the highest level of love for Allah and His Messenger by killing you. Why? Because at that time you were the enemy of Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. None is greater to Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala than the honor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allahu Akbar. This was the Iman. And that is why he is the only one from the family of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala to embrace Islam very late in the life. Umar Rahman, again, one of the first category, uh, the first batch of Mu'mineen and Mu'minat, she is one of them. Hazrat Abdullah, again, the, the son of Hazrat Qatila or Qatla, pronounced in uh, uh, both, both ways. Hazrat Abdullah, he received an injury when the Muslims put a siege to Taif and an arrow was struck in his direction and it hit him straight on the chest. So Hazrat Abdullah was again a very strong man. He did not die immediately but it is said that he died later on in the time when Khilafat was given to his father. Some of them say, Muhaddisin, Muadrishin have said that on the 40th day when Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was given Khilafat, 40 days after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Hazrat Abdullah passed away. And it is said the cause of death was also the injury that he received from that arrow that was struck at him at the siege of Ta'if. There is also one very important incident that had taken place that this arrow that uh, had killed the son of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and he attained that high honor of Shahadat Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq had kept that arrow imagine the difficulty that he must have had to go through Absalallahu passed away Khilafat is on his shoulder he has to tackle all the difficult situations the munafiqin in the masjid and after 40 days his beloved son, Hazrat Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala an passes away. How difficult it must be for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Nevertheless, this arrow he kept. And when the delegations of Taif came to visit Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, after their conversation, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq with the group of people that were there looked at them and said to them, that does any of you recognize this arrow? Do any of you recognize this arrow? Obviously they, they were not aware 
as to why Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was saying this. And one of them very gladly stood up and he said, Amirul Mu'mineen, this arrow belongs to me. And he said, Amirul Mu'mineen, this is the arrow that I had sharpened with my own hand and I had stuck the feathers to it and I was the one who struck it. And Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said, and this is the arrow that killed my son. So he did not know what to say. He was very clever and straight away he said, well, glad tidings for you and your son, O Amir al-Mu'mineen. Your son Allah gave him the maqam of shahadat through this arrow and Allah gave me hidayat. So both of us, insha'Allah, will go to Jannah. So both of us, insha'Allah, will go to Jannah. And Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and just smiled at him. What a great man he was. He was an incredible man. Subhanallah al-Azim. So this is Hazrat Abdullah ibn Abu Bakr who was married to Hazrat Atika radiallahu ta'ala. The other son is Hazrat Muhammad bin Abu Bakr. Muhammad was the son of Hazrat Asma bint Umais. Now we talk about Shia and Sunni and that they say that Hazrat Ali Billah, did not get on well with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. This is a known fact that the love between Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Abu Bakr was such that Hazrat Ali had taken into his own care the son of Hazrat Abu Bakr, Muhammad bin Abu Bakr. Muhammad bin Abu Bakr spent his entire life under Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. There was so much love between Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Muhammad bin Abu Bakr that it is said that in the Khilafat of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, Hazrat Ali was the one who appointed Hazrat Muhammad bin Abu Bakr as the governor of Egypt. As the governor of Egypt. So it is only foolish for someone to say and to disrupt the, the, the deep love that the companions had within themselves. Hazrat Ali was the caretaker for Hazrat Muhammad radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Muhammad bin Abu Bakr and then comes Hazrat Asma bint Abu Bakr. Hazrat Asma bint Abu Bakr, very famous in the time of Hijrat, very quickly she was the one who provided food and drink for Rasulullah and she did not have anything to put the food in. So the ladies at that time would wear, would have a nitaqa. A nitaqa is like a belt that the women would have at that time in their clothes, made out of simple material. So there was, there was no time, there was no bag to put the food in. What she did is that she took out her nitaqa and she, she ripped it. And on one side she put the food for Rasulullah and the father and with the other she wrapped it round. And she came and she gave it to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at her and smiled at her and says, Zatan nitaqain, Zatan nitaqain. She is the girl of two bells. She is the girl of two bells. And this, this, the words that came out from the mouth of Rasulullah was so important for the companions, Hazrat Asma radiallahu ta'ala an, 
that she actually was known after that as Asmahu Zatun Nitaqain. Zatun Nitaqain. Why? Words came out from the mouth of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. She lived for a long time. She lived for more than a hundred years. And she was physically fit. Physically. Her eyesight was as normal. Uh, hearing was good. She was completely fit. She lived for more than a, a hundred years. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha very famous. She came into the nikah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Your brothers can bear with me, inshallah ta'ala, so that at least we can complete this topic. So inshallah in the next session we can talk on a different subject. So inshallah I'm, I'm trying to uh, cut things short. I know you, you, you may get tired, but inshallah we've only got Hazrat Aisha and Hazrat Umm Kulsum. Hazrat Aisha was very close to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She came in the nikah to Rasulullah at a very young age. Very young age. Reason for that? So that she could become one of the great students of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so that she can become the mouthpiece and a transmitter to convey the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to the women folks of the ummah. So all the rest of the wives were either mutallaqa, divorced or widows. She was the one that Allah had selected. She was so important that Allah gave all the children to Hazrat Maria and Hazrat Khadija. And Hazrat Aisha who was very close to Rasulullah but Allah gave her no children. Why? Because her fundamental duty was only, only to transmit, only to convey the sunnah, the message to the ummah and especially to the women folks so she came in this in the company of rasulullah at a very young age as a mahram to rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so she knew exactly how rasulullah would eat how he would sleep how he would speak every body language of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was understood by hazrat aisha and she was given that very sharp memory that is why she is considered to be amongst the top-ranked companions when it comes to the chain of narrators. She is holding the fourth position in riwayat of Isnad, of, of the Sanad of Rasulullah sallallahu Fourth. This, that is an incredible position. When you look at all the companions for a woman to be in the fourth position, when she came into the nikah at a, at a very young age, and when she was only 18 years of age, Absalallahu passed through. 18, Rasulullah was, Rasulullah wasallam, 63 years of age, she was only 18. And the love she had for Rasulullah, it is said that she also passed away at the age of 63. Rasulullah also passed away at the age of 63. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq also passed away at the age of 63. Sha'bi would say, when he would narrate uh, hadith, he would say, An Habiba binti Habib. This hadith is from Habiba binti Habib. That the narrator is Habiba, the most beloved of Rasulullah, the daughter of the one who was most beloved to Rasulullah also. Hazrat Amr ibn al-As, Huzur alayhi salam was once, con uh, was just looking at Hazrat Amr ibn al-As and he thought that this is some relationship that Rasulullah has with him. So he took that opportunity. He says, Ya Rasulullah, who do you love from the companions? 
and Huzur alayhi salam looked at Abdullah, he said, Aisha. He says, Wamina Rijali, Ya Rasulullah, from uh, the menfolk. Abdullah alayhi wasallam says, Wamina Rijali, Abuha. Then from the men you are asking me, the father of Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Aisha, radiallahu ta'ala, Hazrat Abu Bakr, Siddiq, radiallahu ta'ala. Subhanallah. So this is Hazrat Aisha. Imam Bukhari rahmatullah has narrated hadith from her 54. And Imam Muslim, I think, has narrated 69 ahadith. Altogether, she has narrated 2,210 ahadith from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We get uh, the modern world when they want to criticize Islam. The first thing they talk about after parda and after the masail of inheritance that women are given very less as compared to the children. And then <laughs> they will very naturally with a great flow come onto Hazrat Aisha. That how can Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam marry Hazrat Aisha? Well, if it doesn't come to your sense, then it is not our problem. We don't have to be apologetic and waste our time in explaining to them. We've got better things to do. We've got better things to do in this world. You want to believe? Believe. You don't want to believe? Lakum deenukum waliyadeen. For you, it is your deen. And for us, it is our deen. We don't have to have a guilty conscience. It is the hukum of Allah. Whatever age, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala and comes to Rasulullah. As believers, we don't question anything that is the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if we had to give an answer, one must not forget that a lady in the time of Rasulullah who is seven years in age, it is equivalent to a girl who is today 18 or 19. Hazrat Aisha had so much aql in her that at that tender age, when she was so young, she would give fatwa to grand companions. Grand companions. And they would say, Ummul Mu'mineen, we want to ask you this. And she would say, Sami'tu min Rasulillah. I have heard this from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And she would issue a fatwa then, which was accepted by the menfolks of the companions. And uh, if, if somebody is questioning you, then you should even question back. We respect Hazrat Maryam radiallahu ta'ala, Hazrat Maryam alayhi salam, the mother of Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. When did Hazrat Maryam alayhi salam give birth to Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu salam? The Christian doctors say, as in doctors of the book of the Bible, they're historians, they say that Hazrat Maryam was only possibility 10 or 9 years. Nine or ten years. She was very young when she gave birth to Hazrat Aisha. This is not what the Muslims say. This is what they say. So one must not go, fall back. Seventh century going back, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave her a lot of aql. Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, when he was born a baby, he spoke out. He was just a baby and he spoke out. So what is difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? to make Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala and though someone very young in age but at the same time very mature in her thinking very mature in her her, her physical 
in, in her physique, how she would stand out. So this was the great wife of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala an. And then finally we come to Hazrat Umm Kulthum. Hazrat Umm Kulthum was the babe of them all. Uh, it is said that uh, even before her birth, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was not there, passed away. So, Hazrat Habiba bint Kharija, one incident that took place was once Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was with her father. And he said to Hazrat Aisha that, Aisha, you have two sisters. So Hazrat Aisha says that I know one of my sisters, Hazrat Asma, and then it's myself. But when you talk about two sisters, which other sister? And Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and at that time said that your baby sister that is in the stomach of your mother, Hazrat Habiba bint Kharija. Hazrat Habiba bint Kharija. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and had passed away at that time. At that time, after that, the birth of Hazrat Umm Kulthum radiallahu ta'ala and uh, was was there. Hazrat Umm Kulthum was married to Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala an, and Hazrat Asma radiallahu ta'ala an, was married to Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala an. Now the thing to see here is Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair were the best of friends. Were also from Ashari Mubashara and both of them were shaheeds. If you remember uh, when I said that Hazrat uh, Asma had complained to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala an. Hazrat Zubair was very close to Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala an. Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala an eventually married Hazrat Umm Kulsum and Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala an was also made shaheed. This is the, the family of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. All the wives and all the children that are mentioned in the book of Seerah and the Seer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq to make amal on what has been said. So the one thing which is very important, my respected brothers, we should not delay in nikah. We should not delay in nikah. We are opening the door of shaitan straight away. MashaAllah, uh, if the right person is there, nikah should be done. When Hazrat Khadija al-Kubra passed away, Huzur alayhi salam was very sad. Khawla bint Hakim came to Huzur alayhi salam and said, Ya Rasulullah, you are tired, you are sad, these are difficult moments for you. My mashwira is, why don't you get married? And Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Hazrat Khawla bint Hakim, now again, the concept of Bashar, that Huzur alayhi salatu was salam was a human being. Absalallahu alayhi wasallam was a human being. He got married. Nikahua, bachehu, sabkuch. So he said that who can be like Khadija? Ruziktu hubbaha, that her love was inspired in me by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She said that they are two. If you wish to marry someone who is mature and who was married before, then there is one lady whose name is Sauda bint Zama'a. She has embraced Islam though none of her family members are Muslims. And if you want someone young, spinster, unmarried, then the daughter of your 
someone who is very close to you, Abu Bakr Siddiq, Aisha is there. Absolutely, Alaihi Wasallam said to Hazrat Khawla bint Hakim, I leave this responsibility to you, go and ask them. Hazrat Khawla comes, knocks on the door of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Ummi Roman opens the door and she says, Mubarak, 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 glad tidings to you. And Ummi Roman says, What? And she says that I come to you with a proposal from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam for you to give uh, your daughter in the nikah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She was smiling, but she says that wait for my husband Abu Bakr Siddiq to come. Now very quickly, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq comes and information is given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq expressed great joy. He was overjoyed. But he said to Hazrat Khawla, look at the justice of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. He says that Khawla, give me a bit of time to answer you that we accept this nikah. Why? Because uh, Adi bin Mut'im had expressed uh, some concern for his son to marry my daughter Aisha so I had agreed he did say to me that he wishes his son to marry my daughter now I have given my word to him so I cannot say yes to you straight away imagine the justice subhanallah huzur alayhi salam mang khitab de rahe and he is saying wait why I have given my word he went straight to Hazrat Adi bin Mut'im and he says Adi that Proposals have come for my daughter. If you decline, then there is someone else who is ready. It is entirely up to you. Hazrat Mut'im ibn bin Adi looked at Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. He says, I decline this. I wish my son to marry someone else. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was overjoyed. He came and he said to Khawla bint Hakim that I give my daughter in the nikah. So here we have someone who was a spinster unmarried, marrying Hazrat the only woman marrying Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. At the same time, Hazrat Khawla goes back to the house of Hazrat Sauda, knocks on the door. All the family members are non-Muslims at that time. And Hazrat Sauda was there and her old father was there. And she says that, O oh Sauda, I come to you with the proposal of Niqah. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam has sent me. So she said that you have to ask my father. The father was an old man. She says that if my daughter is happy, then I am happy. Hazrat Sauda said that I am happy to marry Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now look at this. After Hazrat Khadijatul Kubra, two women come in the nikah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hazrat Aisha and Hazrat Sauda radiallahu ta'ala anuma. This was the simplicity in the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As Muslim men and as Muslim women, we have to understand uh, the spirit and the ruh of Islam, inshallah, if we can understand that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase us in hidayat in this world and also in the hereafter. وَآخِرُوا دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الامي وعلى اله وسلم تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم سمعنا واطعنا غفرانك ربنا واليك المصير برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين